Welcome back to our study of the book of Psalms. We're looking at Psalm 13 today. Psalm 13 is a psalm of David, and it's very brief, but here's what it says. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So four times in just the first couple of verses, David asks this question. How long? And uh, the reason David is asking this question is, uh, well, we're not told the specifics, but we do get a pretty good idea of what he is experiencing that is prompting him to ask this question. We don't know, for example, if this is happening as, as a result of uh, Absalom's trying to steal the kingdom away from David. We don't know if it's um, maybe Saul persecuting David that gave rise to the psalm. We don't know the specifics, but we do get a taste from David of what he is enduring, what he is experiencing. He feels forgotten by God. In verse 1, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Now, of course, God uh, doesn't literally forget anything or anyone. He knows everyone. He's omniscient, right? He's all-knowing. But in the Bible, when God is said to remember someone, then that indicates that God is about to act on their behalf. So, for example, in the story of the flood, uh, Noah and his family are on the ark, uh, and the flood has prevailed over the earth. And then it says that God remembered Noah, and the floodwaters began to recede, and, and so on. That God is acting on Noah's behalf so that he can exit the ark, right? When God remembered Noah, it's not that God forgot Noah was out there. Uh, it's that he's now beginning to act on Noah's behalf. And so when David says, how long will you forget me? Will you forget me forever? I think what he's saying is, are you not going to act for me, right? You're not, you're not acting on my behalf. Is it always going to be that way? Or is something going to change? Are you going to do something, right? So, um, he feels forgotten by God. He talks about God's face being hidden. Also in verse one, how long will you hide your face from me? Um, so it's as though David can't, I mean, obviously David can't literally, uh, see God, right? But there's a sense in which, um, God's face, um, is the source of our blessing, right? Uh, the, the priestly blessing in, in the, the book of Numbers, that, you know, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. When God's face shines upon you, you're experiencing his blessing, right? And his goodness being poured out upon you. David feels like God's face is hidden, um, that he's not experiencing that shining of God's face upon him. He's also experiencing persistent sorrow. Uh, verse 2, how long must I take counsel in my soul? And have sorrow in my heart all the day. So this is not a momentary thing. Uh, this is not an occasional thing. This is, this is a persistent sorrow 
that David is experiencing. And he wants that to come to an end. He wants God to do something about it. And then he says that his enemy has been exalted at the end of verse 2. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? So my enemy who's opposing me is uh, getting the upper hand. Again, this could be Absalom. It could be Saul. It could be someone else. Uh, but David is crying out to God, asking, how long does this have to go on? How long are you going to let this go on? How long until you do something about this? And so then in verses 3 and 4, he tells God specifically what he is asking him to do. Right? So the first thing he's asking God to do is to answer him. Just do something. Let me see or hear or experience some kind of response. So he says, consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. I want to know that you're hearing this prayer, that you're considering this prayer. I want to see or hear or experience in some way your answer to this prayer. And then he asks for God to give him life or give him reviving, perhaps. He says, light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. If you don't revive me, restore me, give me life, I'm going to either literally or figuratively die, right? It seems to... Um, at least in some sense, indicate he could literally die if God doesn't do this for him. Um, but there's also a, a sense in which, uh, you know, lighting up his eyes might mean like, I, I'm, I'm wasting away. I'm, I'm, you know, starting to feel dead, right? Uh, and I, I need to be awakened and have new life uh, breathed into me. We, we use this uh, kind of imagery when we talk about you know, somebody was received a gift, and when they opened it, their eyes lit up, right? They had fresh life and excitement. This is what he's asking God for, a renewal, a reviving, um, and a, a giving of life. Uh, he also asked God not to let his enemies triumph. Right, verse 4, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. And so don't let my enemies... Get the upper hand. Don't let them triumph over me. Um, put an end to that, right? That's what he's asking for. And then in verse 5 and 6, David expresses his resolve. This is how he is going to respond. Uh, he says in verse 4 that he has trusted, right? Or should be verse 5. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. Right? So David, uh, David has trusted God in the past, and God's not going to change. His love is not fickle. It doesn't waver. It's steadfast. It's loyal. It's true. So he says, I've trusted in your steadfast love. And he says, my heart will rejoice in your salvation. So he's confident that in the future, right, he is going to be rejoicing in God, uh, rejoicing in God's salvation. And he says, I will sing. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Now, that could be implying that by the time he gets to the end of the psalm, that God has heard his prayer and responded. Or it could just mean David's looking back on what God has already done in the past and remembering that and singing and celebrating because God has already dealt bountifully with him. God has already been gracious to him. God has already delivered him before. Now, uh, how do we connect this psalm to Jesus? Well, first of all, David's expression in uh, the beginning of this psalm, Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, how long, O Lord, you know, will you hide your face from me? Will you forget me forever? It's not much different than when Jesus uh, uses the words of Psalm 22 uh, when he's hanging on the cross, when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's a 
uh, different expression but similar experience um, that David is articulating in Psalm 13 and that Jesus uh, is articulating in uh, from the cross using the words of Psalm 22. Um, also, we know that Jesus' enemies did not triumph over him uh, because of his resurrection, his reviving, so to speak, right? Where David says, light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Well, Jesus did die, but he didn't stay dead. He was revived. His eyes were lightened, right? And his enemies didn't triumph. They thought they had, but instead he had triumphed over them through his resurrection. And he continued... Like David expresses his resolve uh, to, you know, sing and uh, rejoice and, uh, you know, reminder that he's trusted God in the past. Jesus also continued to trust God even uh, in those dark moments on the cross. Um, and Jesus is the one who provided the salvation that we rejoice in. David talks about rejoicing in God's salvation. Well, Jesus provides that salvation for us so that we can rejoice in it. And how do we pray from Psalm 13? Well, it's okay to ask God how long. It's okay to express to God, I want this to come to an end. Why is this still going on? How long does this have to take place? It's good to ask God to act, so, to say, God, do something about this. God, change this. God, fix this. God, make this right. And it's also right to remind ourselves what God has done, to remember how he has answered our prayers in the past, to remember how he's given us cause to rejoice and sing and trust him in the past so that whether we get an immediate answer to this kind of prayer or not, we can continue to sing, continue to trust, uh, continue to uh, rejoice in what God has done for us, uh, knowing that he doesn't change and knowing that uh, he's in control and he's good. And his timing may not be our timing, uh, but we know things will not be like this forever because the Bible tells us um, that one day he's going to make all things new. Amen and come Lord Jesus.